Hi guys and welcome back to the Average Pundits podcast, a, a very different Average Pundits podcast, something new, something shiny. Uh, we have been working tirelessly over the last few weeks on a rebrand. We're looking at new logos, we're looking at new intros, we're looking at new intro music. Um, we've got a lot of interesting stuff in the pipeline coming out for you in future episodes. Uh, today we've got an extremely good topic. We're going to be looking into the more, most updated transfer rumours. As always at the moment, we are currently waiting for the Premier League to restart, but the transfers are never ending. The rumours are coming in hot. So um, I, we want to know what you guys think of the new intro stuff. So please let us know on our uh, Instagram, on our Twitter, YouTube, on our business email. We will give you all of the links to those, as always, at the end of the podcast. Uh, but first things first, I am introducing my co-host, Reese. How are you doing, Reese? Hello, I'm uh, I'm very good. This uh, this whole rebrand is kind of brought up my spirits in in a in a time of of need with the with the whole pandemic and isolation. So uh, we need to, you know, it, 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 this rebrand does make us look a bit more professional. It it will drive us forward, and uh, I can't wait for you guys to see what uh, what we have uh, in store for you guys next. Uh, it, we keep evolving as a podcast, and I think this is just going to be something that brings us to the next level. It is really tough not kind of saying now what's coming out because we we are oh. we're, we're we're extremely happy with how it's gone. We 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 we've, we've been doing some some prodding and prying and and it's um it's something we've been we've definitely been been aiming for. So uh, keep in tune for the future episodes. I think. Sh- sh- shall we give them a little teaser or? Mm-hmm. You can give them something. You can be. You can give them something. Let's just say we are prodding around for a a couple guests to come on and very high profile guests, might I say the least so stay tuned to the podcast and make sure that you uh follow us on all of our social medias for any updates and yeah let's uh let's get into the main topic then joe yeah i think that's fair that, that, that's that's just enough to to kind of put put a little bit uh, in in the atmosphere at the moment uh but yeah as i said earlier we do have a really interesting topic at the moment if you guys aren't familiar with some of the headlines which are going around today reported on big uh big sources like bbc on sky we're going to have a little bit of a breakdown of them and we're going to see what we're saying about them see what 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 it would mean for the clubs that are trying to bring these players in and there's a couple of other interesting rumors going around there at the moment but on to the leading story we're going to be talking about on this podcast. Um, ESPN uh, reported this morning that a new team have come into the race to sign the RB Leipzig striker Timo Werner, uh, and that is Chelsea. Uh, they have at the moment inquired about the availability of the striker, and uh, at the moment we're all kind of familiar of, the, of, of his situation. It's looking like he is going to move on and get another challenge. At the moment, Liverpool, I think, have been the most prominent team. There's been definitely quite a few other Premier League clubs interested. But most of the rumours at the moment are linking him with a move to Merseyside. I want to know what you think about what he would bring to the Chelsea setup, Reese, because they already have quite a, an interesting striker, a bit of a speedster as well in Tammy Abraham. Um, I mean, Tammy Abraham has, has been firing on all cylinders this season. I mean, I think he picked up a knock mid-season and that kind of... Uh, halted his progress uh, in the Chelsea lineup. Uh, Timo Werner would would bring a lot to this team, uh, especially with the transfer ban being last season and not being able to bring uh, anyone in, which is a, a shock for Chelsea fans within the last fifteen years since uh, Abramovich took over and you know put put a lot of money into the club. So I think Werner would be uh, a big. Uh, you know, a, a big player for them to to bring in. 
Uh, do I think it's the right club for him? No, being the biased Liverpool fan that I, I might be sometimes, I would love to see him uh, at my club. But um, I think I think he's he's going to offer a lot to not just Chelsea in terms of scoring, but he can also uh, do a bit of playmaking. And also, uh, he's he's prone to, you know, he, he's, he's a good finisher of the ball. So he would be a, a dream to all the creative midfielders, especially with them bringing in uh, Ziyech from, from Ajax too. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people forget that that's already done. I mean, that's a really exciting sign to bring in. I think we've mentioned that in a couple of podcasts prior. But at the moment, Timo Werner is currently on 29 appearances in the Bundesliga, and of 28 of those he started, he's had 25 goals and 7 assists. That is an absolutely phenomenal output for for, for such a good player. Um, 100% at the moment, Timo Werner, Robert Lewandowski and Erling Haaland are the names which are being thrown around uh, the striker pit in the Bundesliga. All three very, very highly respected strikers. But with Timo Werner looking so ready to move on, I can definitely see how he would benefit Chelsea. But like you said, I don't know if he necessarily is the best fit you know, to go there. I'd argue maybe the same with Liverpool since that, I mean, the front three, I mean, if it's not broken, you know, what, what, why try and fix it? Because I mean, Liverpool's front three, we all know at the moment, is absolutely deadly, and it has been deadly for the past, you know, couple of seasons, hundred um, percent. And it's it's a whole rebuild process, and maybe you throw Werner in there, and I hear a lot of Liverpool fans saying, then you drop uh, Roberto Firmino back into the midfield. But is that going to be getting the most out of Firmino? Because I mean, like, there, there's no doubt he definitely does work in that front three. So I think it will be really interesting seeing him go into a Liverpool setup. But I want to know mainly. I mean, with Chelsea's, a lot of the time they've had a history of having quite, you know, bulky strikers, really strong on the ball, you know, good shooting. They've still got Giroud at the club. They've had players like Drogba as well in the past, a very, very technical player. I want to know, just a speedstone, out and out kind of rapid winger, does that, uh, uh, rapid striker rather, do you reckon that brings more of an edge to Chelsea? I think it brings an edge to any team that you put Timo in. Like, Timo Werner brings an edge to, to any team. I think he... You, you put him into the Premier League and he's a 20-25 goal uh, per season player. With with his speed, his finishing, he's one of the most complete players, uh, I think, around the age of about 25 that you can find around. Uh, with Chelsea as well, they haven't had the best of luck finding a number nine uh, you, you, since Didier Drogba. You look at, you know, your Maratas, uh, Fernando Torres didn't, you know, didn't hit the ground running and he had the combined speed, dribbling and finishing that, was you know he he showed at Liverpool. Uh, they had Diego Costa, who was who was a really good player, but he was prone to getting in a lot of trouble and causing a lot of frustrations on the pitch with management as well. Uh, they finally struck gold with Tammy Abraham, so maybe the dynamic between those is going to be a bit of a clash, or, or, or maybe they can play off each other. One can uh, run in behind, and the other one can hold the ball up. So uh, I, if this was to go through to Chelsea, I think it would be very exciting times again, and we could see them challenge for the title once again. I think the Premier League right now is 100% the um, the ideal destination for, for, for Timo Werner. That's where we all want to see him go, you know, aside from being a, a very biased Premier League podcast, we all want to see him go to the Prem. So it would be interesting to see how he would fit there. Uh, the second leading story is, I, I read this with, you know, a bit of a, a squint. I was kind of like double checking that I definitely read it right. Uh, Manchester United would make a move for England winger Raheem Sterling should he become available if the Champions League ban is upheld. And that's being reported by The Independent. Um, however, he is much likelier to go to Real Madrid if he does leave, is what they, they're also saying. 
really interested to know where they're getting that from. Extremely interested to to know where they're getting that from. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I really like Raheem Sterling as a player. I, I think he's a good footballer. I mean, 100%. I mean, I think, I think you'd have to be silly to admit he's not a good footballer, but I like his game. I love what he, he's done at City. You know, he's he's a really good player. I'm extremely jealous. You know, he's he's... 100% at the moment the anti-United player you know he's played for Liverpool and Manchester City you know United's two closest <laughs> uh, two closest rivals so I think doing a bit of a trilogy and then going to Manchester United would he would he become the king of controversies? Um, he would definitely be thrown up in in the names you know, like uh, Carlos Tevez uh, he would also be thrown up in the name, like you know, guys like Luis Figo who tr- transferred directly to from club to club and uh, would he be hated by the Manchester City fans? Absolutely. Uh, would he be hailed by the Manchester United fans? Absolutely. Uh, it would be a smart ploy from Manchester United to pry their, uh, the, the prize possession, the golden boy of Manchester City's uh, winning generation right now to, you know, it, it'd be such a bolster for them. It could drive them forward. However, uh, I don't see it happening. Uh, you know, th- there's been the, de- the great debate like this. The, Raheem Sterling, I see could stay at Manchester City for the foreseeable future. And to see the, Mer- uh, not the Merseyside derby, uh, the Manchester derby uh, and, and how it's flourishing right now, like Manchester United could get to a point where they are competing with Man City again. And how amazing would it be to see a rivalry like start between uh, Manchester United's Aaron Wan-Bissaka and uh, Manchester City's Raheem Sterling and have that flourish over time and and try and see who comes out on top. Like that would be an amazing story for the Premier League to follow in the in the next couple of years. It would certainly be kind of a, a battle of the giants. I mean, obviously Aaron Mbappé, you know, at the moment I would probably say just behind Trent and, and the best right back in the league, um, and a really interesting player. But I think in 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 the attempts to try and sign Sterling, it would it, the, the whole thing would only ever come about in extreme scenarios, if um, like the transfer ban being upheld. But I think it's going to happen. I don't think Manchester City are going to find themselves playing Champions League football for a couple of years. And the players around the club then have got to really work out whether it's beneficial or not to stay. I mean, Sergio Aguero, the man of his calibre, not winning a Champions League. Kevin De Bruyne, not winning a Champions League. Laporte, Sterling, you know, there, there are more players than just Raheem Sterling in that team, which it would be a travesty for to not be competing in Europe's elite. So and and at the moment, saying that as well, Manchester United currently are in the Champions League, which is even more interesting. You know, obviously, if we would have had a chance to, you know, play the rest of the Europa League, which are it's it's looking doubtful. But you never know; we could still make it in the Prem. Um, it could be it could be interesting, but like you said, I really don't see that happening. I, I'm just I want to know where they got that story from. I just I reckon that is complete, just pulled out of the air. I mean, at the moment, there isn't the the, you know, the greatest amount of footballing news, so. Uh, they'll have to find some transfer talk somewhere and why not start with one of the most promising English players in the game today and you know what a story it would be for him to go to the rival team across uh, you know across the city so for Sterling I think if any if he goes anywhere it will be Spain I think it'll be Real Madrid Um, where he fits into that team I'm not sure Uh, you know they've, they've got uh, Gareth Bale maybe maybe that in, includes a swap deal with with Real Madrid you know Raheem Sterling uh, for Gareth Bale plus an X amount of money, uh, that would be the only scenario I see Raheem Sterling leaving Manchester City anytime soon if their ban is not lifted. Um, but who knows? Maybe he's got so many years left 
that he ha- he can outlive this two-year ban of Manchester City and still go on and win the Champions League with them. So uh, only time will tell what, what ha- what, what's in store for, for Raheem Sterling. I think uh, going over to Real Madrid, that, especially that swap deal, like you said, I think that is something which could definitely be realistic. I could also see him 100% going somewhere like Juventus. It just... Either Juventus or Real Madrid, those two just seem to make the most sense to me. But you never know. Like you said, you've got to keep your eyes out and you've got to see what's going to happen in, in, the, in, the, coming, in the coming months. Um, the next story which we are talking about, talk sport are heavily, um, heavily discussing Felipe Coutinho and the fact that he is extremely interested in a return to the Premier League, according to his agent. Uh, he's currently 27 and he's currently on loan from Barcelona at Bayern Munich. Um, and after showing some real promise at Bayern Munich, um, they have made the decision that they aren't going to keep him on, much like uh, how they kind of dealt with uh, James Rodriguez. You know, he came into the club, did a good job, but after his couple-year loan was up, he went back to Real Madrid. I, you know, I can see the benefits of keeping a player of his calibre on, but if he's not promised to, you know, being started, then I don't think he has any real benefit of staying there, so... I am 100% in favour of him being moved on. And coming back to the Premier League, I think, would be extremely desirable for him. But, but the question is, where does he go, Reese? I think a guy like Coutinho goes to a high... I mean, he goes to, he goes to a high-caliber club, but it's who wants to make the... You know, take the risk with, with a player like Coutinho. I've seen him dazzle the fans and, 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 and the play, play before in the Premier League uh, with Liverpool after we signed him from Inter Milan. For about eight million pound, it was an absolute steal. Uh, before selling him on to Barcelona for a, a rumored about seventy million, uh, hasn't quite made it in Spain, and obviously shipped out to 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 Bayern Munich. He's he he has played decently this season as well. So uh, any club in the Premier League would probably have him. Uh, would he go to Manchester United? Maybe. Um, it, would he? Would he? Cr- would he cross the fr- threshold to you know to? Betray all Liverpool fans and become uh, the Michael uh, the Michael uh, uh, Owen of the, uh, of the of the recent footballing times. But uh, imagine, right? I'm going to put the scenario across to you now. Imagine a team like Wolves or Leicester signing Felipe Coutinho and driving their uh, you know U- uh, European uh, dreams uh, further. That would be absolutely phenomenal. That's exactly the kind of thing which I would hope he would do. But I mean, I, 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 you could say that about so many high caliber players. It's like it would make a lot of sense for them and it could ext- really benefit another club. And it could get the 100 percent could certainly get a club like Wolves or Leicester to the position which they arguably are going to reach extremely soon. But it's just whether the player can put maybe ego and reputation aside, take a risk, take a leap of faith and go and, you know, and, and, and try and revamp their career in another way at the moment. Uh, Coutinho's had 22 starts in the Bundesliga. Uh, sorry, uh, 22 appearances in the Bundesliga and 15 starts, and he has scored eight goals and had six assists. I mean, in in 15 starts, eight goals and six assists isn't terrible, you know. That's that's a pretty good, pretty good output for a creative midfielder slash winger. So, and, and and like you said, we've seen him do it in the Premier League before. The move to Barcelona, 100% Liverpool got the best out of that. I mean, they got a, a ton of money which they used to revamp the team in the best way possible. They didn't really look like they missed him, considering how good a player he was at Liverpool. And, you know, Coutinho went over to Barcelona and just could not find, you know, the consistent form. You know, he had some real good 
appearances. I mean, I'm I'm kind of haunted by that goal he scored against United in the Champions League. That was, oh. you know, an absolutely phenomenal goal. But and uh, and that's the kind of player he is, isn't he? I mean, he can he can do that. It's just, I mean, at, when you leave the Prem for so long, it's really naive to think you can come back and just turn it on straight away. I mean, it's not an overnight process, is it? Absolutely not. Like when you've got a guy like Coutinho. Uh, you know when he's on his game. You know when he's got his. He, it's his day. It's his game, uh, and he can produce some absolutely outrageous goals. He can uh, create some absolutely outrageous passes, and you know, going in and out of defenders. It, you can tell when he's on his day. But like, uh, he scored some wondrous goals towards the end of his Liverpool tenure. But you could tell that he started to not enjoy it as much, and he wanted to move on. And I think Liverpool fans sort of knew that the, the, the move to Barcelona was, was imminent. So you could see he wasn't enjoying his football. And especially at Barcelona, I think, because he wasn't getting a lot of opportunities. He was he uh, playing for Liverpool. He was used to touching the ball a lot. And with Lionel Messi, Luis Suarez, uh, you know, guys like that, you're not going to get the ball as much. Whereas Liverpool, he was the playmaker. He was The, the team was built around him. And uh, especially uh, even in this Bayern Munich setup, you know, you've got Lewandowski, you've got uh, Serge Gnabry, uh, you've got um, a various amounts of Leon Goretzka, all those other players that are, you know, maybe ahead of Coutinho at this point, that he might not get as many touches as he would. Maybe, uh, like I put across, uh, a Leicester or, or a, a Wolves, he could be the focal point of the team and... He can, he can drive, uh, you know, one team forward. It, it could be something that, he could, he could invest in and, and, and trust the process of a team. No, I, I 100% agree. I mean, I think that would be the ideal scenario. I think a lot of Premier League fans would be really excited to see that. I think there's probably a somewhat of a sense, sentimentality amongst Liverpool fans. They they may want to see him come back to the club where he, he kind of started his Premier League tenure at, but the question is right now is, do you need him? I say no. I say you don't need him. And I say there are a lot of other clubs which could greatly benefit from him, whereas Liverpool right now, that if, if they need anything at all, it's maybe a couple of things depth-wise. Maybe, in my opinion, you need a better CDM, but that's that, that's my opinion. But, <laughs> you leave um, Jordan Henderson alone. <laughs> but um, once I think Liverpool maybe do the, those small couple of corrections, I think I think that, you know, there's just no stopping them. Um, but swiftly moving on, uh, the next story coming out, uh, being reported by The Mirror, uh, Chelsea winger Willian is uh, available on a free transfer very soon if he doesn't sign a new deal with Chelsea. And Real Madrid um, apparently rejected the chance to sign uh, Willian. Um, a bit of a weird one. You know, it's kind of a bit, bit of a nothing story, but like, a bit like rejecting the, the chance to sign him. But at the same time, Willian as a player being on a free transfer, I think, is a story in its own right. I think if you're looking, again, like you said with Coutinho, there are a lot of clubs which could potentially benefit from him in the Premier League, but I can also most likely, and I think the more com- the, mo- the most likely option for him right now is to probably move on and maybe find a league a bit slower just to kind of extend his career to the full max. I mean, he's only 31. Yeah, like, Willian is, has been a fantastic player for you know many years in, in the Premier League, and he's, you know, he's been a, a cult favourite at Chelsea for for some time and I know that he hasn't really found the greatest to form at the moment but he's still you know he can still run the wings he can still he's a free kick specialist like a lot of people forget like you know the people bring up the names of you know guys like James Madison and William is forgotten to be 
a really good free kick, to, you know, set piece taker. So William could be a great asset for anyone. Um, I could see, it's like you say, like I said before with, with Coutinho, but maybe on a smaller scale, uh, I know the reports have come out that the Newcastle takeover is not is, is less likely to happen. And it, I mean, if it was going to happen, I would say that Willian could be a player for them. Uh, but I mean, I could see Willian going to a club like uh, I don't know Everton or you know or the Wolves or a Leicester, it's someone that's willing to compete. Or maybe he does go abroad, uh, finds his place in in the MLS. Or um, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he turned uh, got a contract offered to him from China. Uh, I think Willian could be a player for 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 moving over there. It seems very likely, you know. Um, a lot, of, a lot of wingers, especially, you know, uh, Brazilian players as well. There's been a lot of players in recent times, like Hulk, uh, Alex Teixeira. Um, there's, I think, quite a few of the Shakhtar players have found the way of that. Oscar, I mean, that is a prime example. Like so many of the of the um, Brazilian players have found their way over there. So you never know; it could potentially happen. I mean, at the moment, it, at the all-time Premier League record for Willian, he's actually had 226 appearances in the league, which is, you know, really, really impressive. You know, and um, 33 goals and 31 assists. So you know, not 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 bad at all. You know, for how long he's been in the Premier League, I mean, fair play to him. Uh, and and not to mention, he's won the Premier League twice. He won it in 2014-15 and 16-17 with Chelsea. Yeah, like Willian is a player that anyone could have in their team. Like you, you talk about like dressing room leaders. Willian could be that. Like he could take some of the young wingers in the in the in the dressing room and take them aside, teach them what they need to do better or what they need to do more of. You know, taking on defenders and improving their free you know free kicks and set pieces and uh, really taking the IQ of some of the younger players in a squad and and, and raising that twofold and. I think Willian is very important, you know, especially winning those two Premier Leagues and knowing what it takes to have that championship DNA that I think is very important. Like you, you have players that have the DNA to win titles and you have managers that also have DNA to win titles. So if you get the same mentalities of the players with the managers uh, and create a squad with them, then I think you've got a winning, uh, a winning formula pretty much. Yeah, no, I'd 100% agree. I think he's a, still a valuable player, and I think it'll be really interesting to see what he does of his career. Um, again, moving on, we now have a story from uh, from Juventus um, and Chelsea, two uh, two very big clubs. Uh, at the moment, Juventus are being managed by ex-Chelsea manager uh, Maurizio Sarri. Juventus are willing to include Federico Bernardeschi in any deal for Chelsea and Italy midfielder Jorginho. Now, I knew that Jorginho was being um, looked at by Juventus, and I think it would be an absolutely great move for him to go there. They've got a lot of midfielders, obviously not talking too much about Juventus, but they've got a lot of midfielders over there. But I think he was doing so well in the Serie A before at um, Napoli. I think he would do an extremely good job moving over to um, moving over to Juventus. Now on the flip side, Chelsea getting um, Bernadeschi. I, I, I won't lie to you. I don't know too much about Bernadeschi as a player. I mean, I have seen him on the pitch on European nights, but there isn't too much I could tell you about him. I'm not sure how much he offers Chelsea. I mean, what, what do you think? Um, well, Bernadeschi is kind of like a, he, he's, he's a decent player. He's okay. Um, but not something that I don't. I, I, not something I think Chelsea need. Uh, he has only. He has no goals in the league for Juventus this season. Um, 
he has only scored six whilst being at Juventus. Uh, he had a really good spell at uh, Fiorentina before making a move to Juventus, but since since he moved from from Fiorentina, he hasn't had a lot of uh, you know he hasn't produced a lot of goals for them, and you know, that's something that Chelsea could need. Uh, he he's good on on set pieces, but you you. you I don't think he's a good fit, really. Like I, can, I think Chelsea, especially with with the transfer ban lifted, I think I think Chelsea can do a lot better than than this. Uh, they th- they might be talking about the Willian, uh, you know, replacement already, but I I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's worth losing Jorginho. I think he's too much of a key player for Chelsea to let go for such a bang average right midfielder. He's certainly grown as a player. I mean, I mean, when when he first joined Chelsea, he didn't really hit it off straight away. And I remember thinking, you know, um, okay, maybe this wasn't exactly the best deal for Chelsea to go for, but he certainly rose to more of a prominence within the team since. I mean, you've got Mateo Kovacic as well in that team. He was an absolutely incredible midfielder. N'Golo Kante, who is, you know, one of a kind. He's great at what he does. So I think, you know, I'd agree with you. I think if they could keep Jorginho, I think it's only going to benefit them. But at the end of the day, for Jorginho, I can really see the benefit in going back to the um, Syria and, and what a club to go back to. I mean, the league leaders. But um, a real, a little, a little small story there that was reported by uh, Calcio Mercato um, in Italy. Um, but on to a uh, story more focused on our shores. The Daily Mail were reporting, and uh, well, reporting it's 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 sorted now. Uh, Manchester United have extended the loan of Nigeria striker Odion Agallo. Um, it's now up until January 2021, and alongside that, he has also um, signed a new deal with Shanghai Shenhua in China. I think it's a four-year deal. I don't know. I think I think it's roughly around 400k that that that, that he's actually signed for, which is incredible. And United are going to be paying him about 130k a week for the privilege whilst he's in the Premier League. Really big wages, but. Personally, I'm delighted. I'm I'm really happy that he signed on with United. He has he's had eight appearances in total. He's had four goals for us. He's had an assist as well, and he genuinely just loves being there. And also, I feel like if this wouldn't have gone on, you know, he would have had more form as well. I, he's he's 100% not a starting striker for us, but what he does bring when he comes off the bench is interesting. I when the links came in, I was certainly skeptical, but you can't argue with what he's done so far. I mean. He's not a Premier League striker all the time. He comes on every now and again, does a job, but when he does, he's been getting goals. I mean, what do you think about it, Reese? Um, I think it's a smart idea to keep on the loan. Um, whether Manchester United want to sign him eventually, um, it could be a, a fact of, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of people were, were saying at the beginning of Jordan Shakiri's tenure with Liverpool that he would look at Jurgen Klopp as a figure and be like, oh my God, I'm playing for this amazing manager. And I'm playing for this huge club. I think Agallo, uh, I think, ha- has he referenced being a Manchester United fan at all? Or it being his dream to be a Manchester United yeah. player? Yeah, massively. He was he was a boyhood United fan. Um, he's 100%. I think that's why a lot of... I, I, I was actually asked the other day by um, by a Liverpool fan, but but uh, said, why do United fans love him so much? I mean, I can't speak for any and all United fans, but I I just think it's it's... When you can tell when a player wants to be at your club and wants to really, really play for the club, and 
all of his interviews he's so positive he's a happy guy all he wants to do is play the game and he wants to play it well and i think he was certainly you know surprised that this came about i mean i watched the interview when he signed for manchester united and he said that his agent called him late at night and said look a club's interested in you it's manchester united and he thought his agent was joking he had no idea he was was (laughs) telling the truth which I, i honestly i can kind of believe that i mean if you play in, over in China, you, your previous club was Watford in the Premier League. I think it would be quite a big, uh, a big shock to hear that you know a, a club of the caliber of United were interested in you. But one hundred percent, I like him because he wants to. He, he, you could tell he wants to be there. He wants to play for the badge, and you know I I counted him out a little bit before, and he's come in and he's done good. I'm, I say let let him stay. You know, I don't know if signing him would be would have been the best decision. I think it might have been a bit rash. But the loan move, the one benefit of the loan is obviously if it doesn't work out, it's not a permanent deal. So I think it's a smart bit of business from United. You know, they took a gamble. The gamble somewhat paid off. We've still got the Premier League return to look forward to and maybe a couple more appearances from Agallo. I think this is a win for United. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I could see Manchester United uh, benefiting from this move, especially if they can't get another striker maybe they do sign him for a certain amount next season and he will have to expect uh, way less money from Manchester United they don't have 400 grand to to lob at uh, someone that only produces uh, in the cups he hasn't scored in the Premier League yet he scored two against uh, Derby one against Club Bruges and the uh, other one against Lask so we'll uh, we'll have to see what what he produces for Manchester United in the coming months uh, whether it's worth extending his loan, whether it's worth him being signed as a substitute striker, whilst uh, Manchester United search for someone big to fill fill, fill the the void that Lukaku left, that they are they they've kind of failed. But um, uh, you know, we've we've talked about Manchester United's forward, uh, you know, debacle in, you know, in recently, and who who does start that striking spot? You know, is it Martial? Is it someone else that you know hasn't come into the United team yet? is Rashford the starting striker does Mason Greenwood or is it the front three who knows like uh, Manchester United's striking problems you know they they have extended on not investing in a striker since the departure of Lukaku it, it's, it's been it's certainly something which I can see being up for debate but in my opinion 100% Rashford and Martial have to start the right wing position is completely in my opinion right now all to play for Daniel James was I think in my opinion a good little sign in but I don't think anyone expected him to be the starting player in the team. You know, he was, what, a 15 million move from Swansea. I mean, it was a shocking one. No one really expected it. But at the same time, he's struggled to find form. But when he first came in, he showed promise. He showed, uh, he, well, he got a goal against Lask as well. So you never you never know. I still think there's a place for, for Daniel James in the team. But occupying the right wing position right now is is the priority. We don't need to push any strikers out onto the side. Mason Greenwood's a striker. Martial's a striker. Rashford, in my opinion, is a striker as well, but he certainly can play a lot more, um, a lot better adapted on the left as well. So, right now, Martial up front, Rashford on the left, Greenwood and Agallo as, as your backups because, you know, Greenwood can drift off, but the right wing position is, um, is, is what we need to focus on. And we've discussed uh, who United should possibly bring in on the right wing in the previous podcast. If you haven't listened, go back and check out our last transfer uh, discussion podcast it was only a few episodes ago um some really interesting stuff in there so uh yeah i recommend you go and give that a little listen to see what our opinions were 
But uh, moving swiftly on, the Telegraph are reporting that Liverpool are in discussions to extend the loan of the 23-year-old Welsh midfielder Harry Wilson at Bournemouth and also the 20-year-old English striker Rian Brewster at Swansea until the end of the season, just so they can, you know, kind of complete their their um, their full tenure at their clubs, which I think is 100% fair. I think um, the club started with them. They should be able to finish with them. Uh, two interesting players, I think, certainly towards the start of the average pundit's journey. I maybe didn't rate Harry Wilson too high in the last in the, in the starting few episodes, but he is one hundred percent had some really good performances for Bournemouth. I do I think he's Liverpool caliber? No. Do I think he's Premier League caliber? Yes. You know, I think he definitely can stay in the Premier League. As for Rian Brewster, I can't really talk too much on him. I haven't seen enough of him in high profile games. Um, Liverpool fans are certainly still very hopeful of him. Um, like I said, I don't really have any real opinion on him. Um, I don't know about you, mate. Um, it's it's weird. With uh, obviously, it's fair to the teams that are wanting the extra loan. You know, Bournemouth are in a relegation battle. Uh, Swansea, I'm not sure what they're doing in the Championship, but they will need these players because they can't. Yeah, you know, if we take them off them, then we will get in a lot of deep water trouble with uh with the teams and and and, and other fans because we would be seen as as really bad. You know, bad, as a bad team uh, for them. You know. With uh, Ryan Brewster, he, I, I mean, and Wilson as well, you don't really see them as Liverpool standard, as, as you say. That uh, they don't produce a lot in their young age at the moment, and we're in a win now mentality. Uh, I could definitely see us selling Wilson in the transfer window. Brewster, maybe another loan spell. It depends on if they are willing to fight for their place in the team. Like, if Wilson's happy to go out on another loan. And then come back and we'll see what he's doing. Because I don't want us to have another situation where we send out a player and not have them and, and, and have them be a star. Like Luis Alberto has gone to the Serie A and has lit the uh, has lit the Italian league on fire. He has played out of his skin this season. And that's something that we're missing out on. The creative midfielder that I've urged us to sign. And Maybe, uh, maybe Harry Wilson can become that that player in the in the near future. Who knows? It's it's football's a weird thing where you don't know who's going to be the next big thing. You know, no one predicted Harry Kane was going to become the the phenomenon that he is, and we're sitting here today and saying that he's one of the best strikers in the Premier League. So, Ryan Brewster could have a, a historic rise and 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 be our striker for the future. No one knows. So. With young players, it's really weird to sort of predict and, and say whether we should keep them or not because uh, it, it's just a really – it's unpredictable. Like they could work as hard as they can and, and get to a point where they are one of the best players in the league. Yeah, definitely two assets to Liverpool. Um, two assets which could potentially bring in money. You know, Liverpool have been very good at bringing in money on players that they've been selling fairly recently. Um maybe lower caliber players which they've been able to get a good fee from so maybe they'll replicate that and you will never know I mean, we'll, have, we'll have to see in the coming months the mirror are reporting as well that arsenal are ready to offer david louise a new one-year deal but in the meantime he will reduce his 130k a week contract down i um <laughs> this is the, again a bit of a weird one 
David Luiz in his career has been a very good centre back at Chelsea and at PSG. He's had some very good performances, a very well rounded player a lot of the time, you know. I definitely don't I think it's unwise to discredit David Luiz. He's thirty three now and he's had Premier League experience. Has it worked out at Arsenal? Not really, in my opinion. He hasn't been that prominent. But at the same time, on the flip side to that, what did you want from David Luiz? I mean, I think he was, what is it? It was like a 9 million signing from Chelsea. Something yeah. like that. It was a quick fix for Arsenal. They had had him on really high wages because of um, his experience and calibre in the Premier League. But it was a quick fix. They paid the minimal money for him. I don't know how much real money they could make by selling him. I mean, I, I do see the benefit of, of signing him on another deal, but it doesn't fix anything for Arsenal. They need defenders. They need centre-backs so badly. And Mustafi and David Luiz, for me, just aren't cutting it. I don't know about you, but they're, they're not the ones to, to see Arsenal through. No, I mean, David Luiz is, is that player that he needs a good centre-back partner. This is that, That's the conclusion I've come to. At PSG, he had Thiago Silva and was, I mean, he was, sh- sh- he shone as one of the best players in the, like, best centre-backs in the world at the time. And when he was at Chelsea, he had John Terry and, and Gary Cahill, who could be argued as, you know, some of the best English centre-backs uh, for, you know, for the past 10 years. So I think that David Luiz needs a big partner at Arsenal, whether it be uh, they bring in the Saliba or uh, or they bring oh excuse me or whether they bring in uh, a big player like uh, Upamecano or uh, someone who is very defensive minded and wins the ball back because David Luiz is a player that we see is a ball playing defender and he likes to play the ball but maybe doesn't have talents necessary to be that ball playing defender so. It's it's a it's a very sticky situation for Arsenal. Obviously, they're gonna you know, extend his deal and uh, offer him less money, which he should be taking because he's not the he's not the defender that he once was. So uh, he he lets in more goals, and may, maybe that is down to him, or maybe it's down to the backline of Arsenal. So maybe more defensive coverage could save David Luiz uh, a bit more embarrassment and 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 save Arsenal conceding a few more goals. Yeah, I 100% feel like there's a frustration amongst the Arsenal fans um, with a lot of holes in the team. Dav Luiz, I don't think is, you know, the, the the priority right now, but signing him to a new deal, it's it's backup. Hopefully it's backup for Arsenal whilst they get a couple of new big players in. But we'll have to see. Obviously, Mikel, Mikel Arteta, a new manager at the club, maybe he has a plan. Maybe he needs a big transfer window. We will have to see. Um, I think the last two real interesting points to discuss... Um, Maurizio Pochettino um, as being reported by the Express uh, in conjunction with La Liga TV I believe um, he stipulated that the next club that he manages must be able to contend for trophies which definitely throws a few irons in the fire around the whole Newcastle takeover whether it's happening it's not happening but he was certainly a manager which was thrown around the name of the club Um, and would Newcastle be able to compete for trophies straight away no, they won't. You know, I think that's pretty, pretty black and white. You know, unless they went out and signed, you know, an entire team of players who have maybe once played together with each other and know each other's movements and how they play as a squad. I don't think there's any way that Newcastle are competing for any title straight away. You know, a rebuild's a rebuild; it takes time. So maybe Maurizio Pochettino to Newcastle isn't going to happen. Reese potentially, uh, as we mentioned in our uh, previous podcast, if you haven't seen Rafa Benitez, maybe he's the man for the job. 
Yeah, I can see Poch going to a to a team that that does need trophies and does need um, is ready to compete. Uh, maybe he does take over a club, but I doubt it will be the Premier League because I can't see him taking over. The only team I can see him potentially taking over in the Premier League is Manchester United. That is the only team uh, I think they have the players necessary to compete and they have the budget to compete and. All it needs is a winning mentality and a, and a talented manager that can help the young players rise, such as Mason Greenwood and Martial and uh, that Brandon Williams left back to to become the players that they, they they can be. And I think Poch can be the manager to drive United forward. Uh, when it comes, to, I think he he could take over in in, in, you know, in multiple teams in Italy, maybe uh, a Napoli job or maybe in the, in the French league. He could be become the next PSG manager for all we know. So. Uh, it, it, it's it's very. There are a lot of teams ready to compete. There are a lot of teams that are, you know, dominant in their leagues. You know, uh, the French league is is very known for being a, a one team league, and PSG have been the team for a while. So uh, he could go to a a number of teams that are ready to compete. It's just whether the team is then ready to to execute Pochettino's dream of of winning some silverware finally to, to get the credit. He, he's, he, he does deserve a lot of credit. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he, he's a great manager. He just, I think, obviously, you know, you, you can be a good manager without winning the trophies, but certainly your calibre increases when you do get the trophies. And I think that's where you become legendary. That's where you become the real kind of person to put your name on the map. So I think Maurizio Pochettino wanting that out of a club is 100%, you know, it's 100% achievable. I mean, Tottenham should have been able to give him that, you know, with the with the team they had and the way they were going, Tottenham should have been able to give him that. But sadly, it ended the way it did. So hopefully, I'm so 100% rooting for rooting for Pochettino. He deserves a good club and he deserves a real kind of push forward to get some titles. So that'll be interesting to see coming up very yeah, soon. Definitely. And Sorry, Poch, for not getting your Champions League. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you can you you can have have a go at Liverpool for that, Poch. Hey. Um, but the ve- the last thing I think which is interesting to talk about, uh, again coming from the mail, Chelsea have apparently submitted a proposal to the Premier League to increase the maximum number of substitutes permitted on the bench from seven to nine for the remainder of the season. Now that doesn't necessarily sound like a lot, you know, only a two player increase, and you know, it's it's a weird one. Personally, I don't think there's too much wrong with 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 putting this in. I can see why they do it. I can see you know you want more players to be fit and flying, especially in the midst of the pandemic and stuff like that. But obviously, on the flip side, tests are going to be conducted for these players. We're hoping, and so um, player safety is going to be paramount. It's just you know maybe it's Chelsea's way of making sure they can get as many players you know playing opportunities as possible for the remainder of the season. Um, I don't know what you think about this one. It's, it's, it's an interesting one from Chelsea, a bit of an interesting angle. Yeah, I mean, with with the spreading of of the virus, it's sort of, you know, the, the Premier League is going to uh, prioritise the health and uh, 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 the the nature of the, of the game when it does return. So uh, Chelsea are well within their rights to request this. It's whether the other teams want to get involved, and uh, I, I guess they'll have to have a majority vote on. Uh, whether they do want to have this take place and have nine people on the bench. Um, it's just, they have more to select from off the bench. I think that this doesn't really make sense unless they also put in a request to have more substitutions. And that could be because they this then 
stops the amount of contact that certain players on the pitch then have uh, with the with the opposition's players. So you have rapid substitutions, maybe, but uh, that could then end up with a lot more of spreading of this virus if it goes undetected, there's no symptoms, or if a, a test comes back as inconclusive, maybe they have to go out and perform. And then you've got multiple play, you have multiple worries about players on teams, and maybe a whole team having to be quarantined and not having, you know, not being able to play the rest of the season, and that that could give some teams a unfair advantage or unfair disadvantage. So uh, we'll we'll have to see in the coming weeks what does come out about this this news. Uh, but uh, Chelsea are definitely within their rights to to put in this request. Yeah, I, I think so as well. I don't think it causes that much harm. I think it's pretty inoffensive. Whether the Premier League grant it or not is, is a different story. But I think it could benefit a lot of clubs. You know, it just gives a couple more options just for the remainder of the season. Um, it's it's all to see in the coming in, in, in the coming months and everything. In the coming well, more more or less the coming weeks. You know, we are very fastly approaching the Premier League return. Is it is it the fifteenth we're looking at? June the fifteenth. Uh, around about, I think it's the, uh, it's it's the middle of June. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Uh, I, yeah. I think I think it's around the middle of June. So, uh, I, I we could probably safely say that we are both extremely excited for football to return. I, you know, I've been watching all of the, all of the Bundesliga games that I can whilst that's been on, and uh, I can't wait to see uh, my team come back and and start firing in in, in a couple games, uh, winning the Premier League. Cough, cough. <laughs> <laughs> It's definitely uh, an exciting time. You know, the return to the Premier League is what we've all been wanting. Obviously, spirits are still, you know, a bit low at the moment. A lot of stuff's going on in the world. So hopefully a return to football is is, is a, a brief, maybe a, a brief look at something a bit more positive. So we are 100% looking forward to seeing the Premier League return. And thank mm-hmm. you guys for watching this week's episode uh, of the podcast. Um, the support we've been getting recently on it has been extremely uh, beneficial to us. You know, it's, it's been awesome to see. And obviously with this new revamp as well, like I mentioned before, please do get in contact with us on all of our social media platforms because I mean, we do value the feedback. I mean, we want to know what you guys think. Um, and, you know, this is like, like, like we said earlier in the podcast, Reese, we do have some exciting stuff coming out. Absolutely. So stay tuned to our uh, our social medias on Twitter at Pundits Average, uh, on our Instagram at Average Pundits and our uh, Facebook, The Average Pundits. We have uh, some extremely exciting topics to come, debates, potential guests and interviews. Uh, So that is uh, still to come. And uh, you guys are going to love everything we bring out. So make sure you stay stay tuned for that. Uh, If you do want to get in contact with us, uh, to come onto the podcast, please do at the average pundits at outlook.com. There we go. And also, lastly, um, we just want to say before we end this podcast, uh, the revamp that we did, it couldn't have been possible without the help of some really good friends to the podcast. Um, if you're interested in the work they've done, we've got a new logo, we've got a new intro, and we've also got a new intro music. Please uh, check the um, our social medias and check the link in the description if you're listening to this on YouTube. Um, they'll have all the information there. Um, please support what they do because they are, you know, really talented, re- re- really good people. So thank you very much to them. Thank you very much to everyone listening today, and we will see you next time.